It's time for Knox Talk, a behind-the-scenes look at the business side of college sports. Featuring Paul Sickman from Knox Sports and Brandon Parks from the Vol Network. Now for today's show. Welcome to another edition of Knox Talk as we progress through season four. Today is Monday, the 6th of June. And, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, Brandon Parks from the University of Tennessee. Hello, Mr. Parks. Paul, greetings from Rocky Top, a very happy Rocky Top, I might add. Uh, yeah, it's always happy for Rocky Top. Well, you know what, buddy? School is out. Graduates are searching for jobs and little ones are forcing their parents to come to Florida and spend all of their inheritance down in my state. So uh, how are things in the Parks household with all those kids running around? Parks household is good. The kids are out of school. So now it's the camp schedule that we're following. So uh, my son Hudson's got uh, baseball camp on top of baseball camp. And then my daughter is in cheer camp and dance camp. So hmm. uh, no rest for the weary in our house. <laughs> well, good. They're not coming to Florida to spend money. Uh, we will be making a trip down south, yes, uh, okay. sometime in July. So be looking for us. That's perfect. Just stop by Knox Sports. The, the grand, the head, headquarters will be here. We don't have a, we don't have, we only have one shower though, so I don't think you can stay here for long. The uh, today, buddy, we're going to shift a little bit. We're going to talk about sponsorship sales on the high school level, and to help us on this topic, our guest today is Derek Scott. Derek is a Marshall University grad, a proud Thundering Herd alum who worked in college sports at Ohio University before heading to South Carolina to sell for the Gamecocks for over a decade. Um, Derek, like you, Brandon, was one of our favorite reps. We had at Knox Sports, he handled a bunch of accounts in South Carolina, but two and a half years ago, he made the switch to his current role as the general manager of Teal Properties, and he sells high school sports. So welcome, Mr. Scott. Gentlemen, it's great to see you all again. So Derek, this may be an oversimplification. But selling high school sports seems to be at a stage that college sports selling was at like 15 or 20 years ago. Is that true? I think that's a, a pretty apt comparison on this level. It has become much more, uh, it's developing a, 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 a structure that is no longer individual schools out there doing their own thing on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So, you know, for the companies that Brandon and I work for and under different names along the way, whether it was Learfield or IFC or IMG or whomever, once those started gathering uh, clusters of schools, uh, then you were selling in a different way because you could bring together so many more uh, different audiences under one umbrella. And that is, I think, where high school sports is now, largely because of uh, PPG, the company I work for, and the growth we've had. Uh, in the last three or four years in, in terms of now being involved in 21 different states. Uh, and, and that has changed the equation. Uh, and we have to now do what we did in the college space all those years ago, and that is to educate customers, clients, their prospects that that is possible, that they can now reach that fan base in all of those states by working with us as opposed to just thinking about it from a market-to-market -market standpoint. Do you feel like you're competing with, with the, the folks you used to work with at all for those dollars? Do you feel like there's different dollars? I think they're different dollars. Uh, every once in a while, you will kind of get that impression that somebody's evaluating you, you know, comparison basis. But by and large, you know, we're in different ends of the pool in terms of, uh, you know, investment level. Uh, and you are really reaching, I think, a different audience. So, so many of our, uh, you know, clients 
oftentimes are either looking to reach that high school demographic, that age group, or uh, they are looking at business to business deals where they are in the interest of selling product to schools and working through us as we oversee relationships with high school state organizations they can they can find a way to, to get to those schools in, in that manner. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's a little bit of a different approach in terms of who, who you're reaching and how you're being evaluated. Hey Derek, taking a step back, you know, when you think about the college business in the space that you were in before, um, rarely do we say something is is simple, but it is in the college world in the sense that uh, you have these multimedia rights companies who work with individual schools to represent their marketing rights. And you typically negotiate with each individual school across the country that you want to work with. To me, the high school space feels like it's much more complicated. As you guys navigated into high school, could you talk about just, okay, structurally, what was the approach? Who did you call on? Did it start at a school level and then grow out? Or were you talking with state associations? How, how, what is the framework around high school sports? It does indeed start with the state associations. Those are, in reality, our partners. Now, in some instances, we work with a, a smaller group, maybe a conference, as opposed to a state association, but it's still the overarching controlling group that we are partnered with and, and selling their rights. And then what you find out is along the way, there are opportunities that present themselves at individual schools. And then you, because you've got the relationships now through the state association, can reach into those schools and find out if they have interest in partnering with you on a, a one-off basis, typically. Uh, and more often than not, they see an opportunity for revenue that they didn't see in, a, in a, another capacity. And they're usually pretty open to the conversation. So the NCAA, uh, as we all know, everyone loves the NCAA right now. They're the favorite punching bag across the country for everybody. But the NCAA makes most of their money outside of football. They make most of their money in championships. They, the basketball championship certainly is the big one because of all the TV rights associated with it. But, you know, there are ones right behind it. Baseball, softball, wrestling, lacrosse, all these are making TV money and making championship money. And in high school, that was all there was for 20 years, right? The high school championships, not necessarily TV rights, because that didn't necessarily exist way back when, but championships were it. How do you make that transition? Because a championship is only going to deal with the top, what, 2% of schools, 5% of schools in the state that make it. How do you, in your world, make uh, make viable sports sponsorship opportunities for folks that want to really attack the regular season as well and talk to parents year-round? Yeah, you, you want to find a way to grow your business beyond the, the low-hanging fruit that you're talking about. And that starts with uh, expanding in the postseason beyond just state championships and working into the opening rounds uh, and getting out into you know, various regions. And then the regular season piece of it that you just referenced also is important because what we've found is certain clients want to be involved in certain markets and state championships don't guarantee them that schools from those markets will be involved. So you've got to get into the regular season to work with those, you know, those clients uh, and, and give them what they desire. And so you, you can look at, as I was mentioning earlier, uh, is that most of these schools, if you present them with an opportunity where they can generate revenue, they're going to be open to listening to you. And so I think you're seeing more and more in-season opportunities that sur surround things like rivalry packages, where you, you can take a market and identify the best rivalries in that market 
and then try and deliver a, a traveling series that involves different matchups in different high school settings throughout the course of a regular season. And, you know, if you can, it takes some ground, obviously some legwork to identify and communicate with those schools. But, you know, most of them are open to those opportunities. And what you find out is there are, you mentioned TV uh, as well there, Paul, there are TV stations, uh, you know, Sinclair in particular is focused upon doing this, where they're already trying to sell those sorts of packages just from a TV rights standpoint. But now they figured out that they can also do some on-site things for clients. And that's, you know, a similar method that, that we've looked at and we've explored it in different markets. The frustration for us has been in the last couple of years in trying to do that. As you know, football's where it is in most people's interest level. And two years ago, football was basically wiped out with COVID because even if they played in some of our states, they did in other states, they did not. The ability of fans to attend was very limited and restricted. Yeah. And last year, if you recall, right before the start of high school season in college, for that matter, we had a real ramp up in, in the second wave. And it also scared some folks away in that space. So I think right now in our industry, now that we've established ourselves as a company in a lot of states, we think this coming fall can be huge for that because we, we, we put the idea out there. And unfortunately, in most instances, had to walk it back because of things beyond our control. But at least now you have clients who already have the idea in their head that this is possible. And this year, now you've got the chance to, to really hopefully drive it, uh, you know, into those markets where there is interest in it. And, you know, if you find yourself a, you know, presenting sponsor of a rivalry package, you can work off of that with secondary sponsors and have yourself a pretty fun atmosphere on a game day, similar to what we all did on the college space you know, when you talk about what, what Brandon does on Saturdays in, in ball country, they've got no shortage of activities going on on the ground outside of England Stadium. Well, that's similar to what, you know, we'll, we'll try and replicate on the high school side. And Derek, from, a, um, from an asset perspective, when you go to clients and you're targeting the, the high school sports, um, do you have a lot of the similar assets that you see in college and pro sports in, in the sense that if you're representing the state of South Carolina and you have a client that's interested in, in having a courtside sign in as many basketball high school venues as possible, do you have those traditional type assets that you can go and duplicate at multiple schools? You usually have those more in your championship venues. And if you're going to do something like that in the schools, you've got to look at what is possible uh, venue to venue. And that's where digital signage is going to be a hard sell. More and more schools are adding that to their football stadiums. Uh, but and, and even then, you're still talking about the larger schools. Uh, but for basketball, you don't see as much of that. So you're still, you know, maybe playing a game of, you know, A-frames uh, become more of that substitution. But in a smaller venue, you know, that can also still be much more visible and impactful than it would be in a, in a, in a large-scale arena. Uh, so you, you just got to be creative in, in how you fit it. But the things that the other pieces of that puzzle, really, Brandon, that we've always done when it comes to on-site activation are all still there. And with that smaller audience, if you're putting rally towels in the student section or throwing out T-shirts, things of that nature, it's even more impactful because, again, it's a more controlled audience. And then where we're all going, no matter what part of this business you're in, the digital piece is also very effective and something we're all figuring out a little more and more about what you can do, whether it's a geofence or whatever the case is, you know, you can, you can find a way to, to still touch those folks who were there even after they leave that arena. You know, it's interesting. We, as an agency, you know, we're constantly asked to evaluate 
you know, what is best for our clients. And high school was always a tough one. Um, And I'll tell you why. And this is what our viewpoint was and not, that's not a forever viewpoint, but we always felt like a parent in a, in a T-ball atmosphere is dropping the kid off. They're hanging out at practice. They're there with them the entire time. They're incredibly engaged in that T-ball activity because of that, you know, just what they are and the age they are. As they get a little bit older, maybe they're coming to less practices or dropping them off less they're doing less. And those parents are a little less engaged. By the time you get to high school, the kids are driving themselves to the daggum practice, you know, and the high, and the high school parents are, are maybe not as engaged at all. They might come to the game, of course, but that's about it. And so we always felt like, what is the right time to attack? And we always deferred to youth. Well, just last week, we got a brand new client here at Knox Sports, and they told us it's it's a company that does uh, uh, flooring, and it's called Floor and Decor. Uh, we talked to Derek about this, and this is a company that said, "Hey, listen, we want high school parents, and here's the reason why: is because for all these kids that are young, when they get old enough to not ruin the house, that's when the parents want to redecorate. So at that point in time, that's when they said, okay, now we can we can spend some money on our on our home because the kids aren't going to ruin it." So we want to totally focus on high school parents. And I'm thinking, good, damn, that, that is a great time to do it. Okay, so then we called Derek and he set us up with some different opportunities that we're presenting. And it's just so interesting because for us, high school parents were always so elusive to try to talk to, Derek. Well, but I'll be honest with you. I love, first of all, when you brought that to me, I was like you. That was a light bulb moment because, it, I mean, it goes to show you, you've got to talk to your clients and find out what matters to them. You, you've got to be the doctor and find out what their particular ailment is, because that's a unique perspective and one that none of us would disagree with, but a unique perspective nonetheless. But but the other side of that is, Paul, I, I would disagree on that take about parents being less involved, because I think if you see the, the companies that I've come in contact with that have a, I talked about the B2B approach, that have a different focus, there are some of those out there that, for instance, you look at a, a company like a Game Changer, they provide, they provide schools their equipment for free because they want those schools keeping, for instance, in baseball or softball, the pitch count and the the book, they want that being kept on their system. Hey, there's a guy with Game Changer, right? Because the parents will pay the subscription because they want to follow how their youngster is doing and compare him to other youngsters. So they give it to the schools. And the whole focus is we want you to use it. We're not going to ask you to pay, pay us for the, for the software because we'll make it back on the parents who want to also subscribe. And they're going to chase this down. You look at a Max Preps. People like that, that's what their, their, you know, their structure was all based on is parents are going to keep up with how their kids are performing. And the more intel you can give them, uh, the more that they are going to consume. Uh, and sometimes it might not be that they can attend as many practices in person, but that's exactly why how they make up for it. Then uh, they're looking at it on their phone and they're keeping up with all of that. And, and, and it's still, I think, very much a uh, a, a fanatic world for fan bases, whether it's high school or college, it's just the high school size you have to evaluate from the standpoint of bringing them all, all the high schools in an organization together to compare to one college fan base at a Florida State or a Tennessee or something of that nature. But there, there's a, it's a different approach. But, but nonetheless, as you mentioned, there are clients out there that have different strategies. It's just a matter of figuring out who they are, what fits their needs. What we figured out since getting into this space is how valuable the military finds high school athletics because of the recruiting opportunities. They don't care if they 
cross paths with one fan at an event. They want to be down where the athletes are. They want to engage those kids while they're competing. And, you know, the U.S. Army recruiters were just at our state track championships and not at any point were they interested in being up where the bleachers were. They wanted to be down on the track where they could engage and hand out championships and let the athletes, you know, stay out of the sun under their tents and have that opportunity to interact. And, uh, and so it's a different formula. And for us, even I have two different properties I work with and they're different demographics. You've got the South Carolina high school league, which would be the public schools in the state. Then you've got the South Carolina independent school association. Those are the private schools. Well, you know, whereas the army might not be interested in the private schools, there are lots of other businesses that see, Hey, all these parents are paying tuition. And that's probably a pretty good demographic for me to advertise my, my product in front of. So it just comes down to the client, the prospect, and, and the category to figure out what, what makes sense. Well, like Brandon and my wife, it's I appreciate you pointing out when I'm wrong. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> no, I, I was just, you, you actually probably answered my question, but I, I was going to ask, when you do go out and meet with clients, and floor decor being an example of someone that says, I want to reach the parents of that young student athlete, and then you've got the military that says, I'm just worried about the student athlete. I'm assuming you come across that a lot in your day-to-day conversations with clients who are specifically saying, I want to target the student athletes or I want to target the fans of these student athletes. Coaches, oftentimes, if they're selling product, you know, you've got some of these folks who they, they're there because, you know, you know, what I've experienced is finding out that every one of these states associations, one of their bigger pieces of revenue is typically going to be a ball deal. Because if you tell these schools that in their state tournaments, they're going to have to use a, you know, a Wilson basketball, then the schools are going to go out and buy Wilson basketballs to practice with. So if Wilson will spend money with the state association to be their official ball, first of all, it's great for the association. But second of all, they know their revenue stream is going to be able to go out to all those individual schools and say, hey, by the way, you know, we're using the Wilson Evo NXT in the high school league state playoffs. So I'm assuming your kids are going to want to be comfortable with that ball. And, and you know, you, you see a lot more B2B, it feels like, in that regard than maybe you would you know, maybe we understood those of us coming from the college space into this high school space. That was a kind of part of the education process. You know, you find things like ball deals and merch deals, merch deals, meaning the companies that sell the championship t-shirts at your events. My goodness, what a revenue stream that I had no appreciation for walking in the door and have found out that team championships, no, they're there, but they're there because you want them there. Individual sports, Every kid who competes in the state track and field championship is coming away with a T-shirt that has the full list of competitors on the back so you can show them that you qualified in the 800 and the 400. It's, it's a pretty significant revenue stream on this, on this level. So, so what's next, Derek? What's next in high school? Where are you going to be in five years in terms of uh, what's going to develop and I guess maybe make it more uh, maybe make it similar to what's happening in college? Like I said, if it's behind a little bit, it's catching up fast and, and the digital age is certainly you're already there. Um, so what is next? What is next on high school sports sponsorships? I think, I think the key is, as we were talking earlier, is being able to figure out a way to get your arms around regular season. And as right now we're figuring it out, but we don't have it figured out and not completely. I think that's the next big step because you can't just live on your postseason alone, as I think everyone understands that. And then the other thing I would say is finding other avenues beyond 
stick and ball sports. Uh, for instance, the group I work with, the Independent School Association, they are big in student activities. They want every kid to get on the school bus at least once a year and compete for a championship in something, even if they're not athletic. So, we, you know, we have sponsorships for the state science fair, for math meet, and, and being able to really figure out where the right clients are to fit those opportunities and build on that. And that even gets into things like esports. Um, you know, some of our state associations have embraced esports as something that they'll give a state championship out in, and others are very traditional and say that's not a sport. We're not going to give away. We're not going to, you know, muddy the waters and give away what we consider a valuable thing, which is a state championship trophy. We're not doing that for something that's not really athletics. And so, you know, there there's great opportunities in areas like that. It's just a matter of figuring out what each association uh, is comfortable with. And, and it will work with you. And that's been the other thing when you talked about where we are 10 or 15 years, you know, beyond on college is getting the groups you work with, the associations, just like we all had to figure out with athletics departments personnel, trying to get them to understand what our mission is and how they can support us in making their activities, their events bigger and better uh, by supporting what we do and, and, and kind of thinking of things through our eyes instead of just from the administration's eyes. And oftentimes those seats were still filled by former coaches and they don't necessarily get, you know, the way we view things. And as we get better at, you know, educating them and understanding what's important to them, I think that's where our growth can come from. Well, I, I appreciate everything you did, buddy. I, I appreciate everything you brought us today. And I really hope that, uh, that this doesn't expand to college because I don't want Brandon to call me and trying to sell the science fair at the University of uh, Tennessee. <laughs> I'm not sure I have the right client list for that one. So Brandon, everything else for our buddy before we sign off today? No, Derek, it's, uh, you've been fantastic in the college sports space. And I know you're going to be fantastic in that high school space. It's great to catch up with you. I might like to uh, have you back in the fall and maybe we could talk a little bit about uh, football state championships and things like that and what you're doing in the sponsorship space there. Sounds good to me. We, we, we all know a lot of the same people. The guys I'm working with are guys you've worked with. You know that. And, and the more the merrier we, we can get as many voices involved as you guys can manage, because I know Paul wants to prove that he is indeed the master of this pod domain. So at some point, I want to see like eight faces on this screen. I, I am the opposite of the master, as you guys all know very, very well. Well, guys, thank you all. Thank you for coming, Derek. Thank you for all of our listeners for downloading again. We are going to try to stay on task with a new season four episode in two weeks on uh, Monday, the 20th. Uh, so we will hope to hear from you then. Brandon will be calling in from Omaha, I'm sure. But so on behalf of Brandon Parks, I am Paul Sickman with Knox Sports. Thank you for listening to another edition of Knox Talk. See you next time.